Welcome to Yes Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll talk about how classifying ourselves as workers is dangerous to society and marginalized people. We will also talk about the climate in and out of the club and all of the amazing things that sex workers do and everything else in between. This is Daisy Ducati with Yes a Stripper Podcast. In this episode of Yes a Stripper Podcast, we speak with Alana Evans, who is the president of the Adult Performers Artists Guild. She has worked with tons of adult performers to advocate for their safety, their needs, and to keep us in business. Um, she has worked directly with Instagram, organizing what was almost a general strike and turned into negotiations with the Instagram headquarters to not only clarify their terms of service, but also to reinstate many, many, many performer Instagram accounts that were deleted erroneously. Alana also has a direct line to OnlyFans to try to negotiate and clarify their changes in terms of service or potential changes and we discuss what what to expect and what's going on there. We also discuss Omid, who is the supervillain of online sex work. So enjoy, have a listen, and let's talk about sex work. Alana, hi, it's great to have you on today. How are you? I am amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Daisy. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. I've been really wanting to make this conversation happen. You are doing some amazing work and I can't wait for everyone else to hear about what you do. So let's, why don't you just give us a little introduction on who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Alana Evans. I have been a porn performer since Ooh, 1998. Oh my God, it's got a 19 in there. (laughs) That's the closest I am to that age. Uh, I've been working in the business since then uh, as a performer, webcam model, content creator, producer at times. And for the last uh, five years, I have been a part of, and, and for the last few, the president of the Adult Performance Artist Guild, we're a union for adult workers from everything from porn performers to phone sex op- operators and everything in between. And thank you, Daisy, because I think you do amazing work uh, with everything you guys have been doing at BIPOC Collective. I think it's so incredible. Thank you. Yeah, we, the, the industry needs a lot of changes. <laughs> so we yeah. all got to work together on it. So what... What has the union been working on? Like, what what do you guys do? Uh, there's, wow. Okay, so there's like a whole scale like, <laughs> this morning. <laughs> you know, uh, when we started, it was the idea of collective bargaining, working with producers and companies to work on communication, uh, fair pay, really as uh, our industry has changed, it's gone from, that boss on set, that director that you could yell at if there was something wrong or have at least that direct communication. Now that everything is so platform-based, we've been able to establish communication with a lot of the higher-ups within those different companies. So when performers have these 
it worker issues, we're able to get involved, start a conversation, get pages reopened, get people paid, which happens a lot of the times, surprisingly, with sites like OnlyFans and things like that. Um, and then on the other side of it, we help get performers connected to health insurance. Uh, we do a lot of advocacy work in the day-to-day -day space um, when performers have problems in their personal lives or um, when things happen to them. Like uh, this weekend, we had a performer that disappeared on us and a couple of us, mostly Kiki and Ruby, spent four days until we were able to track them down, make sure that they were safe, you know? And, and so it really involves so many different things, as you know. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And it's really good to know that there's people out there looking out for us. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes this industry can feel so lonely and it's good to know that there's like sort of a family to come to. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not like connected to people's actual families usually in that way. We're all in this own little bubble of our own families within the industry. And so I think it's kind of surprising when things happen, how responsive people are in our business that way and looking out for each other. Yeah, it's really important. Um, I, so I, I remember a while ago when the big news in the industry was everyone's OnlyFans, or not OnlyFans, uh, Instagram accounts being deleted, just back to back to back. And I saw that you were speaking directly with Instagram about advocating to reinstate some of these accounts. Tell me about that. So about two years ago, uh, I would say in the following June, it'll be three years. Um, we had a lot of performers just kind of all at once losing their accounts in very strange ways. So not necessarily losing them because they posted nudity, but there was a lot of concern about extortion. Um, very big performers would lose their page and here comes somebody offering to, uh, you know, if you spend some money with them, they'll reopen the page. But then that turned into a cycle of the pages continually being taken down every few months. This person wants more money. And that was the first thing that got our attention. There were probably six or seven models, all that kind of knew each other that had this experience it's the crime that got our attention. But then as you start looking at the surface of it, there were so many people under those people that were losing their accounts every single day for ridiculous reasons. A lot of just accusations that were unfounded based on, you know, Section 230 rules. Uh, we had models being accused of solicitation through their pages that had yeah. nothing to do with full service sex work in any kind of way. Um, and so at that point we were done. We loaded up <laughs> a bus full of people. We went from LA all the way to Menlo park. Uh, once they knew we were coming nice. to Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were in the fear of a strike. They didn't know what we were. Bringing. So you they fully showed up. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, ended up not having to strike that day because Instagram agreed that they would work with us directly to um, let us give them lists, let us give them, um, you know, performer pages that had been removed, 
to have actual visible um, moderators take a look at them. And so many uh, accounts we were able to get back. We still get accounts back to this day. We do see trends in, you know, the shenanigans that they pull and pages that they don't want to open up. And it always sucks for me when they send me a video and I'm like, oh, oh damn. Okay. No, she shouldn't have posted that. But the reality <laughs> is like, and there've been a couple, there've been a couple, but for the most part, you know, that's like two handfuls worth of the thousands of pages that we've gotten, you know, reinstated. So it's definitely where it shows there are way more that they're shutting down for no reason than the ones that are just, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That was something that we spoke about in a previous episode of the podcast is that a lot of times uh, when posts are removed or when accounts are in violation of the terms, it's not because someone from Instagram saw something and pushed a button. It's because either the algorithm picked up on something and it's just a robot seeing something or because uh, user reports and it can be harassment even. They know that their reporting system has been completely weaponized. Uh, mm -hmm. Omid, for everyone in our industry, we all know who oh, that guy God. is. He's Let's talk about Omid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a mess that guy is. So many <laughs> of us would have taken one for the team if it's truly the fact that he's a sexually frustrated incel, I mean, <laughs> I know plenty of girls that would have just been like, dude, let me just take your you. We'll make it all better. Everybody's <laughs> alone. alone. Right. So for those who don't know, Omid is like a super villain in the industry. <laughs> he has made it his life's mission to get everyone's social media completely removed. And any, anybody that has anything to do with the sex industry at all. And he's been around for years and he's been through so many accounts and just harassed the hell out of the industry. Exactly. And, uh, it's someone once found a video of him speaking at this particular park in London. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Prospector's Park or Preacher's Park or something like that, where people will go and set up tables to just like shout their opinions and ideologies at people. <laughs> and there's a video of him there doing his basic incel talk. And so it was kind of crazy to see, uh, you know, the person who has been putting all of us through this. I had my Instagram page shut down and, and naturally um, it was well into the whole course of this. And so for me <laughs> to call our lawyer and say, Jim, you better call them right now. And of course <laughs> I had my page back in 24 hours, but not necessarily because of my connections. Yes. 100%. I worked for that, but there's nothing on my page. So I am the pristine example of there's no booty. Okay. There's maybe a little side shot, just a little, not much, but no hand bras, no only fans mentions absolutely nothing because I, I feel that I need to be the example. It is complete disrespect to my community. If I pushed the envelope, um, because mm -hmm. I know no one else in our community is allowed to. So, um, yeah, I'm so, so careful. And it was like, uh-uh, busted. You guys are caught now. <laughs> Fix it right now. But it gave me the upper hand. 
every time Omid mm-hmm. took credit for deleting a girl and I, or or a, a trans performer or a guy because he was he was not choosing my gender in any means. Um, it gave me the opportunity to say, "See, you guys know this is what he's doing, so do something about it." Right. I'm surprised they haven't found a way to just completely get rid of him because he's such a menace to their own standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. VPN, you know, blockers yeah. and all that tech stuff he's <sighs> got to be using to get around it because I know people who can't even log in on their phone. Every device they have is banned. Instagram, no. <laughs> yeah. It, uh... I would love some sort of like psychological profile of Omid to like find out his origin story or something. There's, <laughs> he's just so dedicated to hating. He's so dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> unlike any we've really seen, except for like the anti-porn people. They're, they're just as committed. Yeah. And I'm actually really glad that they haven't found him, but maybe he's just too crazy for them too. So Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a lone wolf I guess yeah oh man <laughs> it's traumatic in so many ways like people watching this we're giggling about it because it has been one of the most horrific situations with a troll for the industry that many times has brought most of us to tears so the mm-hmm. laughter is only you know temporary like Uh, At least I'm not dealing with him right now. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for years. Like he's really been at it for years. So what what do you think about Instagram's new terms of service? Like, did they talk to you about that at all? So we've had now a few different meetings with them and Jim Felton, our lawyer, um, you know, talks with their lawyer two, three, sometimes four times a week, depending on how many cases, there's always an open list. So there's always, um, you know, where Jim's like, Hey, which ones have you got back for me now? And, you know, it was frustrating because we, we got one bounced back and they said, no, we're not opening this one. And, and when it, you know, was sent to me and they don't usually send to me um, what is, uh, you know, causing people to lose their pages, but once in a while, they'll like to make an example and their example was so insane to me. It was a model sitting on her bed in a bikini and there was no links to any of her pages. There was no sex Panther, no OnlyFans, nothing like that. And she's like, Hey, let's chat. I'm available. And that's it. And they considered that solicitation. Mm -hmm. So they took it down and they won't give her her page back. And she is a very well-known performer. And I'm just sitting here going, this is ridiculous. Bella Thorne's OnlyFans video is still on her page. I can go to Miley Cyrus's page and see covered, you know, hand bras. And I mean, some of them are just blurred out for crying out loud. I don't want to be this censor that Instagram is making us be by creating this line of status is really what it's Mm -hmm. doing. And, and, you know, in our industry, Daisy, we have what we call the horror archy. Well, this is like this whole other social media (laughs) archy that is Mm -hmm. happening and they don't understand how it affects our community emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially. But yeah, um, 
you know, we're always looking for more ways to continue to hold them to task. And we're working on a few things right now. That's, that's all I can say. Um, but I think things are going to start changing. Um, we're going to continue to push Instagram into a corner where they don't have a choice. You know, we see that cis white females can post whatever they want for the most part, cis white males can post whatever they want. Um, and then you get into the sex worker side, forget it. It's not happening. But even on the other side, you have absolutely beautiful, voluptuous women of all nationalities who are blocked every day because they have more skin than we do. And that's just, that kind of stuff has to stop. The algorithms have to be brought back to a normal, acceptable space for everyone. So it's inclusive because Mm -hmm. it's definitely not. Yeah, it's it's a scary territory because you just don't like it, there's no real standard for enforcement. So you really don't know what they're going to consider a violation. And like I definitely had to go through my years of Instagram and clean out my whole page for things that used to be acceptable and now aren't. <laughs> yeah, as the terms of service change, the rules change and the, we have them deleting people from stuff that they posted in 2014. And, you know, maybe back in 2014, it was still kind of pushing the line, but it would have been not a big deal. And I mean, that's six, seven years old now and they lost their page now. So, yeah, you know how to go through your stories. You got to go into that archive and clear that shit out. Man, (laughs) it's horrible. It's hard, too, because there's so many. But the stories is where they get most of us, 100%, because we know it's going to disappear, but it doesn't disappear for them. I'm like, how do people report this this late? You can't. So it's just late. Yeah, it's (laughs) mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. But we're doing the best we can. (laughs) Survival Um, fittest. (laughs) Do you have any advice for sex workers trying to navigate the social media terms of service issues? The number one thing, just because you see someone else post it does not mean it's okay. It straight up, if inside you see it and you're like, ooh, I don't know, maybe I can do that. Don't, just don't, just don't. (laughs) Because, excuse me, We are seeing where um, larger pages, they come back. And I think it's because of the pressure and the fear that Instagram has over that page, because obviously that person has a platform if they have a large following. The smaller creators, we are having a tougher time um, getting their pages back because Instagram is so strict on such minuscule things. And so... I, I, every day, every, every single day, and it's okay. I don't mind, but every day I will have someone send me a picture and say, I posted this and a Kardashian posted this. Why am I getting deleted? <laughs> and I'm just like, because we are not Kardashians. Yeah. The unfortunate truth. <laughs> exactly. So don't use hand bras. Don't use sensor bars. Don't use stickers. Don't be naked. Just, just don't, just don't No, no angles that are going to find you to where you can just don't because, um, I talked to a tattoo page yesterday. I think they're black ink and they have a million followers. They're not verified. 
IG won't verify them. My guess is because some of the, you know, pictures they're posting, they're showing off their artwork. And so they've got like paper towels literally taped over the body parts. So it is so not sexual in any way, shape or form. And they are having their posts removed and flagged for nudity. And I'm just like, oh, so I, I slid into that dude's DMs and said, Hey, be careful. Can't post this. Can't post this. And I just, sorry, man. (laughs) He's like, I'm learning so much. (laughs) I actually noticed, I follow a lot of body mod accounts and a lot of, uh, makeup effects accounts and yeah. uh, they also get ta- tagged for violence sometimes because of yeah. blood or scars or things like that and it's I've had a few of the accounts that I follow for makeup effects get completely taken down because they thought it was real violence wow. <laughs> and it was just movie effects yeah it's artistry and you know section 230 protects them on both sides which is the most frustrating thing because um, you know, yes, it protects them for, to be able to have this content up. Then you have all of these organizations putting this ridiculous pressure on them. But then it also protects them from us being able to sue them for saying you guys are discriminating against this group. Although we're always looking for ways to work around that. So don't, don't hold me to that because there's, there's, <laughs> you know, there are paths, trust me. But it's the world, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So no, it's, I, it's, it's crazy. And over on TikTok, <laughs> forget it. Forget it. Oh man. People are like, you know, <laughs> you're my TikTok back. And I laugh and I'm like, that's a Chinese based company. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, nope. They don't, they don't care. They don't respond. And on that, I watch women who just talk about women issues get po- get flagged for nudity and pornography when they're just talking about, you know, women's rights and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a flag that gets people silenced, even if it's not legitimate. So other people will totally use that flag uh, when it has nothing to do with it, which is just crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild how weaponized like anti-sexuality has become. Yeah. It's so sad. Like what happened? We had kids and then, you know, like our generations are, are growing up. Like I'm a 45 year old woman. And I come from a time where we were swingers. Everything was free sexually, at least in my way, in, in my mind and, and the people around me. So I don't understand how it's grown to such an unhealthy anti-sex uh, generation. But then I realized it's also a big religion at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah. And now we're dealing with all the, all that, (laughs) all these religious groups writing articles in the New York times. And when they're exhausting, when they're they're given a platform like that, you have to start questioning New York times. You have to, the daily beast gives us a platform a lot. Like I've, I've written for them several times. I know Cherie DeVille has written for them. Um, I saw somebody else last week too. I don't remember who it was another, you know, adult performer giving us this platform to put out, you know, our, our thoughts. And then you have the New York times only doing it for um, the antis, the anti-porn groups. And what's very weird to me, very weird to me. And, and I've, I never thought about this until this moment. The New York times was one of the biggest 
press organizations to platform Stormy Daniels and platform myself when it was time to take out the president and when it was time to, you know, slander Trump and obviously it was totally real. So it's not slander, but just put the truth out about that whole ordeal. So they're 100% all gung ho about porn stars when we're helping our country. But when it comes back down to us making a living, it's pushing us back down. Oh no, no, they're all victims. Stormy Daniels wasn't a victim. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's no different. So it's really odd how they flipped. Yep. The, the classic cycle of keeping us in a closet, like a dirty secret. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's horrible. So I know that you were also talking directly to OnlyFans about what was going on with that whole situation and then like thinking about banning us, but then maybe changing their minds. What What's going on there? That's been an interesting path just because my information from OnlyFans has always been people that I've been close to within the company that I've known for a long time. And that relationship started again, you know, models were having issues, um, their accounts were getting closed. And the big difference there is you lose all your money. So the money yeah. in your kitty, the money that you can cash out. Yeah, that huge problem. And so um, I was able to get them to start re-examining the pages that they were closing. Those people were getting their pages back and all their funds. Um, then it grew to they needed help with paperwork. So OnlyFans would send their creators to our website. We supply 2257 documents for those that don't know is our legal age identifying paperwork. Um, mm -hmm. has even like all your past aliases on it so that everything can be found in one place. Uh, we offered mm -hmm. model releases and a consent list, which is something that, you know, most people don't have access to. So we, you know, years before MasterCard decided to get this very big idea <laughs> that we need consent lists, you know, we're already offering it and OnlyFans is already sending people right to that place. And so, um, you know, you get the rumors, you, you have people say things and I would always go back to my friend and, Hey, what, what is going on? What's happening? Or I would tell them if I was noticing trends, because when you're dealing with hundreds of cases, um, you kind of recognize what people are being flagged for and, mm -hmm. uh, different issues. So I would be able to just kind of bounce things off of him, maybe little odd conspiracy theories that I had because of the way that pages were being removed or, you know, just different things. And then one day back in like March, well, we all saw the debacle with the banking. And, and yeah. at that point I'm telling everyone to cash out and be careful because something smells really bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fun. That resulted in some models thanking me and, they're so appreciative. And then the other side of you, Ava woman, STFU, you're such a liar. Why would you talk about OnlyFans? Oh my God, you're horrible. <laughs> Every time you try to forewarn somebody of <laughs> impending doom, they always say you're inciting hysteria and calling me chicken little. <sighs> I'll take it. And because <laughs> I've. I was getting it right from the source, you know, the writing was on the wall, the SARS reports with the banking stuff were coming out 
anyone who didn't see that didn't want to, you know, I'm not going to say they're ignorant or anything like that because some people just didn't understand, but you know, Daisy, from being in this business for a long time, you catch the waves. And I think we all knew it was coming. So then, yeah, after that whole banking thing happened, uh, my friend contacted me and left me a 12 minute long, you know, audio message on WhatsApp, basically (laughs) going into this whole emotional thing about how he felt like he was letting everyone down, that he felt like he had lied to us because now um, it was going to happen. And he wouldn't. This is the only fans friend, right? Yes. Yes. And he wouldn't outright say, hey, guess what? No more nudity. But he's saying everything else around it. And he, we don't, he doesn't, we don't talk like that. Not like this. Like a long time ago when he was a performer, fuck yeah, I was my boy, but he's off doing his family thing. So it's all business stuff. So it was very emotional and it made me sad for him because I could tell where his heart was and that he had been, you know, going through his own uh, difficulty with the company itself, being this person that was going to have to report it back. So even then I knew, of course. So when it happened, it was like, oh my God. Oh no, this is real. Okay. It's not an alarm. This is happening. (laughs) It's not a drill. That's the word because all the alarms were going off. And then, yeah, it it was three days of, damn, I'm so glad I listened to you. (laughs) But I'm very humble. And I take things respectfully and in in stride. And I think there's only one moment where I was like, well, after all the crazy, all the frustration, all the anger, all the drama, here we are. And that's all I said. I didn't need any, I told you so moments because it's not something you ever want to be right about. You know, that's, that's not redemption. All it did was say, okay, maybe you guys should probably listen to me if I'm telling you something. Cause if I'm telling you it's already gone through like five filters already at that point, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't, I don't yeah. run to our community because I realize that I am someone that people do look to for advice in that way, or they trust what I'm saying. And I don't want to scare people unnecessarily. If I want to, you know, And in that circumstance, it was really like, yo, cash out every day. I cash out every single day, every day. (laughs) There's just like $56 or a hundred dollars. Nope. Cash, cash. And I think, I think that's honestly good advice for any adult site. Like you just really never know what's going to happen. Just cash out as soon as you can and keep cashing out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We had a model come to us that had $80,000 in her cashable side that she could have taken out and 18,000 still pending. And at this point, Oh my God. Yeah. Could you imagine? Girl, like, <laughs> first of all, I'm happy to make that in a year. Let's not get it twisted. Like that is not. Mm-mm. So when she came to me and I hadn't talked to my friend in like two months, my friend had like dipped out and I'm going, Oh fuck, what is going on? I'm not hearing back from OnlyFans. And that's before the, the, Oh no, this guy really is falling alert came out. And I, uh, I messaged him on every Avenue I had. We got her account back in three days and I was just that's like, awesome. 
okay, thank God, because <laughs> I couldn't imagine. And you know, what's funny is this is how you know my integrity. I, you can't give me money for this stuff. You can't give me gifts. It's, first of all, it's totally illegal for me to do anything like that because I'm, you know, the union president and we are federally recognized, but it was crazy. This girl asked me for my address like five different <laughs> times. And finally, I just had to say, you take care now. <laughs> Walking away. You know what I mean? Because she was just so thankful. Man. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Can't take it. Nope. Don't want it. I'm happy you got your page back. That, that hits me right here. That's all we need. <laughs> now, that is Man. the little moments that feed me too through all the, you're so awful. <laughs> you're a horrible <laughs> human. Whatever. Whatever. After, after all the ups and downs that I've seen in the industry, I just couldn't imagine leaving that kind of money there. Like, I, like I've seen so many websites just disappear all of a sudden with no warning. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. It's interesting too, because um, some models I know do it for different reasons. Um, and sometimes now I, I'm, I don't think with this particular model, it had anything to do with other than maybe that's what happens in a week to two weeks for her. And that's like normal money. So no big deal. The rest of us, it's like, what? Jeez. But I do have models who would leave their money in there because they weren't in good situations at home and leaving their money in their only fans mm-hmm. accounts was a way for them, you know, to keep it out of that bank account until they could slide in it and take it out right away, you know, because of a spouse and things like that. And what's crazy is with only fans, I've dealt with that issue too. People wonder what kind of work we do. We have helped trafficking victims when they've come our way or when we find a situation, we will absolutely investigate. Like today, you know, was an issue where we were concerned about a a young man that we found, thank God. Um, But a year ago, it was the community coming to me over a young lady that they thought was missing because now all of a sudden her boyfriend was in her OnlyFans, in her Signal, in her Telegram, talking to all the models like he was her, but they all knew it wasn't. Mm. I spent a week like a damn private detective to find this girl and found her. She totally ran away from home to escape all of that. So once we found her and knew she was safe, then I slid into OnlyFans, helped her cut off access to the abusive partner that had it, helped her even when she left the industry, get her, you know, 1099 stuff from OnlyFans after she had moved forward. So it's pretty crazy really having that um, ability to talk over this type of stuff with OnlyFans can really help Mm -hmm. models in that way. The stuff we do is insane sometimes. And that's one of the most frustrating things about like the way that trafficking is so often conflated with just regular sex work, because like there are very real instances of trafficking and abuse. And those of us that are in the industry every day and know what things should look like are in a really good position to point out things that are not correct and something's wrong. Exactly. And the tools 
to get down and find that performer or like yeah. the stuff that I went through to find the woman was some straight up sleeping with the enemy shit. Like I was researching her apartment building and then I, this is where people should have fucked with me. I <laughs> found the apartment building. I found the management company that, that handled the apartment building. Wow. I called there, talked to that lady. She's like, how on earth? So when I found the model who was in hiding, she was so con- like, how did you find me? And I'm just like, you know, just a little. <laughs> I mean, you that's amazing, you though. Yeah, when yeah. someone's gone, you will do whatever you have to, you know, if, even if you don't sleep to make sure that they're okay. So it, it, that when these trafficking organizations talk, I know that we're all doing the work that we have to. I know BIPOC mm-hmm. has definitely stepped in in times when there were models and, and you know, uh, performers that needed help in that way. And like you said, it's just what we do. Yeah. And we're not out asking for millions of dollars in donations for it either. <laughs> Getting it from the government in grant money. Definitely not. It's insane. It's insane. No. And it just shows the money's not going really where it needs to be to the people that are actually doing the work. And it's yeah. not my pocket that I needed it. It would be really great to have it in the account so that when I, we have to put someone up in a hotel for four days because they're escaping an abuse situation that it's there, but instead it's going to these big fantastic houses and brand new trucks for people from Exodus cry. Like, yep. it's, crazy. <laughs> it's, crazy. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And the, it just seems like a huge snowball from Sesta Fosta to MasterCard to all of it. And it all goes back to these organizations making money that are supposed to be nonprofits. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely all related, which is insane. And, you know, with, with SESTA and FOSTA and them trying to do the safe study act and, uh, you know, essentially trying to repeal it. um, One of the senators has been heavily involved is Rokana and they have been pushing the research study to show that SESTA FOSTA excuse me, has not helped actually find the trafficking victims and end the sources. It did what everyone said it was going to do and force it all underground. And for yes. our community, it was, it, it forced consensual full service sex workers literally out onto the street. And to see a Senator put in writing, Rokana's office did this saying that, full service sex workers were robbed of the safety of being able to do their work online, which gave them the the ability to uh, monitor who their clients were and do background checks. This is in a description from a Senator. And again, it just makes your heart sing because they are finally in a position where we have representatives who get it, who are looking past the religious side that's being pushed forward. It's so, uh, eye-opening and refreshing and we're just hoping that you know they'll get support from their peers because that's what we really need at this point yeah and like the the idea of harm reduction requires us to acknowledge that people will do this work one way or another and it is often a last resort for many people and the safer we can make it the better everyone is absolutely and with the words harm reduction it's so important that other people also recognize that at least for us and, and, and a lot of people like us, 
for us, harm reduction can be, can, can go into not what people think of, you know, uh, physically hurting themselves or cutting or things like that. It goes, it falls and lines up with addiction and substance abuse and things like that. And we will fall into, you know, possible holes of depression because of how these people are treating our community. And it's so frustrating and saddening. And, you know, that's why we're here. Yeah. I, I always say the hardest thing about this industry is the, the stigma and the tangible evidence of stigma, like being deleted off the internet for different things. And yeah, it's an episode of black mirror. <laughs> I don't know if you watch <laughs> that show, we have the little numbers and because we're sex workers, I feel like we already get knocked down to like a two and we're desperately trying to scrape back up. Otherwise, you know, everybody will let us in. We're all blocked because Instagram and social media is real life for so many people. So many people. Yeah. And it's we have so few platforms left, like for, to advertise any kind of services. It's, yeah. we have yeah, to hold let on alone- to our social media. Hi. I'm here. I'm Lana. I exist. At this point, yeah. that's all we're even asking for. Because yeah. everything else, they'll just assume, oh, wait, I wonder if she's not an OnlyFans. Let me go look. You know, let me see if I can find her on Sex Panther. And maybe that's part of their problem. They're just saying you're sexual. You yourself are soliciting. So no, you can't exist anymore. And that's what we have to fight mm-hmm. back. They don't have the right to do this. We pay taxes. Oh my God. Yeah. We pay taxes. So <laughs> oh man, we pay a lot of taxes. Totally absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and if you think about it, like if somebody sends you money through PayPal, PayPal's taking 10% of that money. And then you're still paying taxes on top of that money that you're getting from PayPal. Yet PayPal, you know, obviously we're not welcome there. They don't allow us, but until <laughs> we figure it out, they have no problem taking that 10%. It's like an agent fee. It's ridiculous. I feel like getting kicked off of PayPal is like a sex worker rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not a real sex worker until you've been kicked off of PayPal. <laughs> totally. I think everyone I know is kicked off of PayPal. Like Ruby, our vice president of PayPal, she she's got like the best one. Like, no offense to the rest of us. Ours is kind of lame compared to hers because. All she did was have her PayPal like email, like PayPal, and then, you know, blah, blah, blah at Yahoo. Um, someone reported it that it was in her bio on Twitter. They flagged her page. She's never received money or anything. She's never even used it other than buying stuff. They sent her a letter telling her she is obscene. They used the O word. I know it was like, wow. And so funny story. I am uh, friendly with Sean King. I'm a huge supporter of this man. And um, before he blew up and became super, super famous when he maybe had like a hundred thousand followers, we made friends. And so, you know, I can hit him up and he replies and we have great conversation. He's a wonderful man. And so uh, I saw him talking about Airbnb and uh, he's been doing a big push for veterans. And so I slid into his DMs and I'm like, did you know that we can't even have an account 
And he's like, how do they know? And I said, that's why they require your social media handle. Cause we don't have, you know, handles in our real name. Cause then you can leak everything back. We don't do that unless you're crazy. Yep. <laughs> I have definitely been kicked off of Airbnb and I have never once used it for anything work related other than a place to sleep while I'm traveling. <laughs> Yeah, I've never even shot it? videos in an Airbnb. <laughs> exactly. We're not having orgies. It's not a big party. I mean, I don't even do that in hotel rooms. Could you imagine if hotels said, no, you can't stay here because you might do OnlyFans in your room? Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I gave him that ammo and I'm like, yes, let you know. And I've got receipts if you want to add that to your arsenal. And he thanked me. But it's really neat to know that, you know, there are advocates as big as Sean King in this space that absolutely support what we all do. It's so cool. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. So it's funny because, you know, I I wear all these hats, right? So we're taking off the union hat and all this other stuff. The most crucial thing that I learned through my entire career was to enema with warm water instead of the solution. <laughs> oh yeah. I learned that one the hard way too. <laughs> it's, it was something that I didn't know when I came into the industry at all. And then they tell no you, to tells you these things. Yeah. And using an actual enema is the worst thing ever. Like, Woo, we were messed up for a whole day. So yeah, when someone taught me that on a Bruce Seven set, I that was my number one most important yeah. thing that I ever like really learned besides everything else, you know. And then if we put the other hat on, um, I always tell models to research their bookings. So even if your agent is sending you out on a booking, just look into the people yourself and look into your performers. Um, and always check tests um, because sometimes, you know, agents don't always do their due diligence. And I've shown up to places and I'm like, what the, f- I would have no, 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 <laughs> no, like one time really quickly. And then I'll end it for you. I went to a shoot and it, um, you know, I was expecting to do, you know, take two big, beautiful, sexy black men. And I was all fucking excited. And I get there and it's some random apartment. No big deal. There's my two male performers. Awesome. No big deal. Go into the bathroom and there is a gigantic snake, like fucking 10 foot this wide monster, you know, in like, um, some apartment bathrooms, they have that area for like a makeup table. So it's built into the counter and there's a chair, but like empty space for the chair. There was no chair. It was a gigantic snake. So I go in there to pee. Oh no. I'm horrified of snakes and I came running out just and you've got some blonde white girl in the house with two giant black men and I'm screaming like crazy and they're freaking out they're like what's wrong what's wrong are you okay and they're, they're thinking that it's them and they did something I'm like oh like, no they're like you have to calm down girl don't you know where you are I'm like they're gonna call the cops oh no so I had to tiptoe my ass back in there and pee they're like it's sleeping it's not gonna hurt you Oh, I'm sweating just 
thinking about it. But yeah, they were like, you cannot scream like that in here. The cops are going to be here. And this is going to go really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, questions. It doesn't mean, you know, I don't ask like future, are there snakes there? But, <laughs> but it's a weird thing to spring on somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. So what I say is now, is there anything I should know about the location? Do you have any animals? You know, and then I just blame it on dogs. <laughs> yeah. No, I love dogs. I just want to be prepared that I don't bring any of my stuff that smells like my other dogs. Like I totally lie all because <laughs> it's amazing. Like how involved your limits list becomes after a few years in the industry. <laughs> like I, I know a model that does a lot of BDSM shoots and one of her hard limits is no dog food. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And like the fact that you even have to mention that, it's like, what have you been through <laughs> that you have to put no dog food on your limits list? I mean, <laughs> I was in a movie uh, for Rob Black when I was a contract girl in the very late 90s for Extreme Associates. And there's a movie called A Thousand and One Ways to Eat My Jizz. And I got fruity pebbles. It was the best thing ever. They were delicious. You couldn't taste anything. I ate the whole bowl for the gross factor too. Cause I was like, wait, you don't taste anything. <laughs> ah, right. Just, just be gross about it. If we're working it, they gave this other girl dog food and she ate it. And I, that movie got pulled for obscenity and they went to jail for it. Oh my so, God. To those creators, don't use the dog food. You could find yourself in jail for it. Yeah, yeah. And that poor girl. Obscenity is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> we could talk for a whole nother hour about this industry and obscenity <laughs> charges. Oh, geez. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me today and joining me on Yes, a Stripper. Do you want to tell us where we can find more of you and more about the union? I would love that. You guys can get me on Twitter. I am Alana Evans XXX. And then you can find the union there as well. We are APAG, A-P-A-G union. And the website is APAGUnion.com. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you much. Me. This is this has been a really great conversation. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear all of us. Oh, man. And now we're going to have to have a whole nother conversation about obscenity because I just I want to go there. <laughs> I want to go there. Right. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much. And for all of our listeners out there, don't forget to support us on PayPal. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Um, and thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. This has been a production with Period Podcast Network. You can find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network, and you can follow us at Yes, a Stripper Podcast on Instagram and Yes, a Stripper Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave your feedback in the comments on YouTube. We'll see you next week. <laughs>